You know when you're out with your friends and they all order beer and then you look insane when you don't want any beer? I mean, no offense to any of my friends out there, but I'm not a crazy obsessed beer drinker. I mean, once in a while, but I don't really love it. But I did recently try Bud Light Seltzer. It's not beer. It's a hard seltzer from Bud Light. Finally, there's something I can drink when everyone else is having a beer. Bud Light Seltzer's 5% alcohol, 100 calories, and it comes in four flavors. There's strawberry, lemon lime, mango, and my go-to black cherry. They're all super refreshing and perfect when I want something with a little more kick than just sparkling water. You know what I'm saying? Bud Light Seltzer, unquestionably good. Smiling. I don't want to talk about diet or fitness right now. Okay. I, I want to be deep. Oh. You know, yeah. I mean, like, we used to be, have depth. What? What do you mean we used to oh, have I'm depth? That we've been, we used to have, like, these. You know, I went back and I listened to, uh, um, I was asked to put together a reel, right, of our, of our shows for something. And uh, so I heard the KFI stuff. And it's, like, super heavy deep like real deep introspective i mean we weren't funny at all now we're funny were we that deep we were heavy yeah um, but i think i think shows have to i mean we've been doing this for a while and i think they have to ebb and flow mm. i don't think they can stay the same well, and i think it depends on you too yeah where you're at in your life well god knows i more shallow than ever but no. uh <laughs> You've gone through, I have never seen anybody who's gone through more changes in, in life as you. You've gone through these <sighs> career and and children and, and relationships and, 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 and ups and downs. And well, I like to really grab the bull by the horns. But let me tell you, it's a, it makes for a rough ride sometimes. <laughs> I, but, but I thought like... You know, I just thought we haven't had one of those sort of cheesy, like deep sort of life coach kind of segments in a while. All right. So here's what I did. I kind of outlined, I didn't kind of, I outlined a few cliches that we take for granted and we never really think about because it becomes sort of cheesy when you hear, you know, you hear these little nuggets of information or bits of advice. But I thought, what if you actually stopped and tried to live your life thinking this way or practicing this philosophy for even a day? How how would you be different? Because, you know, thoughts are things. Thoughts are tangible things. And they affect our behavior and our behavior affects our actions and our actions create our reality. So I just wanted to throw some thoughts out there to you that I want you to really kind of ponder jot them down it's kind of it's very Stuart Smalley but it's like it's supposed to be like your thought of the day but this is a segment so I have to hit you with several of them jot jot them down yeah just jot them down and then every day this week try a new one try living like under this pretense ready do we need to give people time to get the pan and the paper that's on oh no I guess they can can rewind it oh yeah that's right okay do we need it's not live what is wrong with you (laughs) I'm sorry I'm thinking of the old days when you have to pause and go okay everybody Go get pen and paper now. And then people would run and get pen and paper. It's a podcast. And you play a song the as pod. they ran and got the, po- the Please paper. don't do that. Please don't play a song. I no. hate when you make I know. You choices. don't like my choices. Okay. Are you guys ready? Yep. All right. So it's important to occasionally go out on a limb, especially if you expect to get the best fruit. So what's the message here? Take chances. Take risks. Be vulnerable. Because if you do... Obviously, you're successful. It's going to yield something great. If you ask the person out and they say yes, it could end up being your wife or your husband. If you, you know, take a risk on a better job and get the gig, it could be the start of a whole new career. But of course, you know, when you go out on a limb, you risk that limb breaking and falling to the ground, which it does sometimes. And you might get hurt. You might get rejected. You might get a bruise on your ego You know, you might have a failure and it might be a setback and it might suck. 
But if you keep taking those chances, and by the way, the more you go out on those limbs, the more, metaphorically speaking, you start to realize what limbs are stable enough to hold your weight. You know, Mm -hmm. I've done this before and that one snapped. But this is a little more sturdy if I go in this direction and I approach it that way. And that's how we learn from our setbacks. The more trees you climb, the better at climbing you're going to get. So I want you to go out on a limb. Take a chance. Take a risk. And the more you do, the more you're going to learn how to take calculated, educated, smart risks so that it yields better fruit. Okay. Really? So think about it. That's your... Okay. Next one. Ready? If anything is sacred, the human body is sacred. It's a Walt Whitman quote. You know, your body is your temple. Who lives like that? But it is. I mean... I notice, like, whenever I question whether there's a God, and yes, for all you people who are like, how could she say such a thing? I've had my moments where I'm like, how can there be a God? You know, with with things that go on in this world where I just go, how is it possible that there's a God when all of this evil runs rampant at times? And I find evidence of God in nature. Always. The The way that the universe works, the way that our bodies work, the complexity of our biochemistry and just it's just we're such an incredible creation. We are a machine, a living machine, but nevertheless it's like some mastermind created the ultimate machine and that's us. Our bodies truly are sacred. And I look at my kids and I think about what I put in their bodies and what I want them to do and it's so funny because it's like I'll let myself eat something that I would never let my kids eat. And I I'm like god, have I have I lost that value for myself like you know, like I'll eat a cake ball sometimes and I don't want my kid to eat a cake ball. I'll give her something healthier. Like I let her have, you know, treats that are organic or a little bit of organic ice cream, things like that. But what would happen if you spent the day truly treating your body like it was sacred? You didn't smoke. You didn't drink. You didn't eat processed crap with chemicals. You, you know, what would happen if you thought of your body as being sacred? How would you respect it differently? How would you take care of it better? How would you, you know, increase your hygiene or get massages or do your workouts or nourish it or value it? Okay, that's your next day assignment. What, Janice? Your even thought? No, I like that. Hmm? Well, I, 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 I have changed. I have changed. I do that more often now. I didn't in my younger years. I yeah. was very careless with my... Took it, took it for granted. Took it for granted. But now I, I, I do. I think it's something we appreciate more as we get older, also in an attempt to preserve. But it's like I look at my little kids and I just think about, like, their future and how I'm like, I could really set them up to succeed. I could set them up so their health is better, so that they, they're immune to all of these cancers and autoimmune and allergies and disease and heart disease and depression. And if I could just get like proper nutrition and a clean lifestyle in them. And I just, then I think about, Oh my God, the, all the things that could go wrong said it because kids can't process toxins the way we can. Their organs aren't fully formed. So when they eat crap and pesticides and toxins and chemicals, it's actually way worse for them than it is for us. Anyway, whatever. Think about it. Think about it for yourself. Not for your, I'm talking about you, not your kids right now. All right. The next one. The things that you hate about yourself, right? Those quirky things or the things that you pick apart. Uh, you know, you're perfect with your imperfections. Oh, your, your imperfections make you uniquely yourself. Have you ever stopped to think about that? Like the things that you pick at or the things that you poke fun at or, or tear yourself down about. Have you ever stopped to think about how it makes you you and it makes you unique and it makes you special and it makes you different have you ever flipped it so that it's a positive and not a negative Mm. have you ever done that like really truly thought about the things that you you go after yourself for but how you know because i i always say like oh my god i i'm prone to i can be i can go to dark places in my head. I really can. Like, I can fall into a, into a depression if I'm not careful. If I expose myself to too much of the news or too much of the paper or know too much about what's going on in the world, I can really, like, get kind of 
discouraged. It's been better with kids because I don't have the time for my brain to go to those places. (laughs) I really don't. I don't have the time to be like, oh, my God, they're clubbing seals in Canada and they're, you know, stoning women in Afghanistan. Like, I don't have time now to really get in in my headspace. But, like, I used to really think it was a weakness that I wasn't well defended enough. And one day Heidi looked at me and she's like, babe, this quality that you have, as exhausting as it is for you and occasionally for me, it it makes you who you are. It makes you actually good at what your jo- at your job. It makes you give a crap, even though you might go down for a day or you might have those periods where you just cry. Like I would just spontaneously, seriously, go to like if I was exposed to it, have moments where I would just be like, oh my god, I can't. It's too dark. Like the weight of the world. It's more than I can handle. Mm-hmm. But at the same time. That quality has also driven me to try to make a difference. I think because of the helplessness that I feel. I can't tolerate the helplessness. So it makes me try to make a difference. And even though it's an exhausting pattern, it's a good quality in certain ways. I don't know. Stop and think about the things you deem as weaknesses and then ask yourself how they could actually be your strengths. Physically, emotionally, psychologically. Yeah, that's Okay. Yeah. You following me? Yeah. I'm going to have to listen to this again because I didn't have time to get my pen and paper. But I'm going to listen to this again to to do my assignments. But you could. Why are you writing them down now? Because I'm listening intently. Oh. All right. Another one. You always say celebrate your successes, right? Mm -hmm. But we don't. And we always dwell on all the little annoying things that have gone on throughout the day. But do you ever stop and celebrate all the great things? No, because they're going well. It's like the squeaky wheel gets all of your attention. Spend the day dwelling, focusing on everything that's gone right that day. Not the guy that cut you off in traffic, the guy that let you into traffic. You know, the... I don't know. You drove to work and your favorite song was on the radio when you got in the car. Yay. I mean, what are the little things that go well throughout your day for you or the little things you've accomplished or the little things that you can celebrate? I never do that. Instead, I'm like, ugh, this day I woke up and Richard pooped on the floor and then the kid, you know what I mean? It's like, and then the kids didn't sleep and ugh, I got a call from Giancarlo and this deal fell apart. But I never start the day and go, Oh my, I woke up this morning and my daughter gave me a big hug and a kiss on the cheek and I'm so grateful. And, you know, then I, I it's like, who knows, the little things, pomegranates are in season and I got to have pomegranates with my breakfast. I love pomegranates. And uh, I, I, I got in the car and five people let me into traffic this morning. Like, when do you really ever just look at the world and see all the good. You have to consciously do these things because it's a habit that you have to break. Mm -hmm. Seeing the negative, focusing on the negative because the negative is always something that we have to fix or that's impeding our progress. So of course it gets all of our attention. But if you really started to emphasize all the great things, it would help you cultivate that feeling of gratitude and like there's enough in the world. I don't remember if I ever talked about this on the show or not. Um, But my shrink was talking to me about my son. And when I feed him, that I need to look in his eyes. Did I ever tell you this? No. And uh, he's like, it's really important that you look in his eyes when you feed him. And I was like, okay, sure. I mean, why? And just because I want to know why. Not because I was questioning, but he said it really gives him this confidence. It boosts his confidence. And it sends him a message at this very young age that there's good out there for him, that there's a loving, receptive world. And I go, well, isn't that misleading? What happens when he gets older? And he's like, I "I don't want to set the kid up for a fall. I'm like, he's going to go into the world and be like, Jesus, you know, bad things happen here. And he goes, that's your prerogative, Jillian. He's like, there's enough in the world for him to, to make a home and a life and a happy life at that. There's enough in the world. And that's what he needs to know. The world is his oyster. There's enough good in the world for him to feel cared for, Mm -hmm. confident, safe, and content. And I think that by looking at all these little things that happen and go well in the day, we can cultivate that feeling in ourselves as opposed to thinking that there's a lack of. I feel like so many of us as adults always look at the lack, the lack of jobs. 
the lack of money, the lack of good men in the world. If I told you how many of my friends say that to me, there's no good men here. Really? I know tons of them. Why are you not finding them? Of course, I am not sleeping with men, but <laughs> I know tons of them. What a shame. So any, anyway, my point is I want you to cultivate that attitude. Do I have time for one more or are we like no, we <clears> almost done? You can do one more. Of course. One more? Yeah. Okay. You know, we always talk about failures having like them being these great opportunities for learning. Have, don't be afraid to fail. You know, failure is an entry point for learning. It's it's an integral part of success. Yet it sucks to fail. Nobody wants to fail. We avoid doing the first thing, going out on a limb, because nobody wants to fail. Spend a day and look at your failures, and I want you to think about everything you learned from them. Or go back and ask yourself how, in 2020, it was hindsight being 2020, it was the best thing that ever happened to you. Mm-hmm. I could look at a lot of failures jobs that I lost and it ended up being great because it led me to a better opportunity or mistakes that I made where I ended up learning. And so the next time I I jumped into another opportunity, I had the knowledge to do it better, to do it smarter, to do it stronger or wiser. Spend the day, outline your major failures, and then write down all the good that came out of it or the blessings or create good that should have come out of it and write down what you learned and how you do it better next time. I'm done. That's my Stuart Smalling. That was very good. It's deep. Yep. <clears throat> Deeper. Yep. I feel like we should do a fart sound to lighten the mood. No, not now. No, don't don't Come ruin on. it. Just no. one. No. No. <laughs> there. Whew. Better. Well, now now people aren't going to believe that whole segment. Yeah, they will. No. It's an ebb and a flow, like you said. <laughs> <laughs> I have been then I flowed. Next day. All right, so I thought we would do a little ab segment. Oh, good. Yeah, maybe like clear up a little confusion, bust a few myths, something, something of that nature. Huh? A little fitness-ish kind of thing. There's a lot of there's a lot that the, 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 this isn't spot. You see, we we've, we've talked about that spot. Well, reducing spot the reduce. People tweet me questions though about abs, and it blows my mind the things that they think. So about I thought abs. Yeah. yeah, like one of them thought that if they that high reps is the best thing for ab training. First of all, no, no, you that has nothing to do with anything. You're you're gonna plateau if you do the same exercises regardless of reps. Reps doesn't have anything to do with it. If you do the same thing over and over again, your progress is going to plateau, period, in any exercise, not just abs. But for some reason, people think, like, I oh, have to do, yeah. 100. I got it. Yeah, I do 100 reps or 100 bicycles. or No, it's not about that. Basically, you need to teach your body, your abs, to stabilize your body weight. And we do that with different types of exercises. It's about variety, constantly changing up the stimulus so that your body is having to adapt to that stimulus, and that's how you progress and change. So instead of doing a ton of reps, I'd rather see you do three different exercises at least every two weeks to challenge these various muscle groups. And I don't just mean three different ab exercises. I mean three for your obliques, three for your lower abs, three for your upright. You know, mix it up. Which brings me to my next tip which is uh, people think they should do abs every single day. You shouldn't isolate your abs every single day. I'm not a big ab isolator to begin with, but you shouldn't isolate your abs every day. So you shouldn't be doing crunches every day or you shouldn't be doing uh, bicycles every day. When you train, you're automatically using, if you're training with your body weight and you're training intensely or you're dancing, yoga, kettlebells, CrossFit, uh, those kinds of workouts where your body, martial arts, your body weight training, you are using your core to synergize and stabilize. So yeah, but you're using your core in a very functional way. You're not isolating those muscles every single day and hammering away at them. Because we think about it, we use our muscles every day, but that's a way more functional, diverse way to use your abs. It's actually the way I prefer to train. When I do train abs in my workouts, I use them strategically as what I call an active recovery. 
So, for example, if you've done three, two, one, like three minutes strength, two minutes cardio, one minute abs in ripped in 30 or a 30 day shred, I do get my abs in there. But the muscle, the way that I train the abs are multiple muscle groups, things like plank. Usually I occasionally isolate abs, but only when you're you've just come out of a very intense cardio interval. So you're actively recovering. I'm letting that heart rate come down, but I'm still training. That's the only time I isolate abs. So don't think that you need to be crunching away. The truth of the matter is uh, that the more dynamic your workout and the more body weight training you do, the more you're utilizing your core in a functional way to train it and help prevent injury. Ready for the next one? Yep. You sure? Mm-hmm. Positive, Janice? Yep. Okay. Abs don't require a lot of movement either. Sometimes people think like, okay, if I the greater my range of motion on abs – the better it's going to be. While I'm a huge proponent of range of motion, you don't need to be doing sit-ups. You don't need to be doing crunches. You don't need to be doing leg raises. Even though all those things, they can be great. The truth of the matter is that sometimes stability exercises, isometric contractions, hold positions are the best for abs. So something like a oh. plank, yeah, I'm going to prefer a plank to a crunch any day. Something like that is... It's actually great because you're not repeatedly bending the discs in your back and you aren't forcing your abs to resist motion. You're stabilizing and it also helps you prevent injury in your lower back and it conditions your overall core. But also when you're in plank, think about it. You've got chest working, shoulders working, quads working, low back is working. So you're getting that multiple muscle group workout as well, which again promotes synergy and function and it also burns more calories. Because the next thing is I don't care how many ab exercises you do, You're not going to see ab exercises or you're not going to see abs unless you burn fat. We've talked about this before. Got to burn fat. So even though you might condition your abs and make them stronger, you're still not going to see them unless you burn the fat off that's sitting on top of them. And that's diet and overall calorie burn. Well, to get a better calorie burn, we need a more intense workout, which means you need a more diverse workout. You need to be working multiple muscle groups. You need to be moving your body more intensely, faster, harder, stronger, longer. You get the idea. Get your heart rate up to 85% of your maximum heart rate, and that's really easy. Take your age, subtract it from 220, and multiply that number by 0.85, and your heart should beat that many times in a minute. That's where you should work out to get the best results and to burn that fat off. And you don't always have to add weight to your abs. People, I've seen people in the gym like crunching with weights or getting on those ab machines and crunching. Like That's actually probably the last thing you want to be doing with your abs. If you want to throw some light dumbbells into your crunches or hold them above your chest and crunch with them and add a little resistance, that's okay. But in truth... Some people have put the plate, like yeah, a 45 should never, plate in front. It, the truth of the matter is that I'd rather see you stabilize your own body weight for a longer period of time than crunch with those heavy weights because it, it can actually be really hard on your back, as I mentioned earlier. So don't you don't need to be doing that. You can. You get, did that great one. You did that great one on one of your in, where you it's a plank. Janice is on the ground. But you moved oh. it like you went down. So oh, like you built on it. A walking plank. Yeah. So like that's what kind of what you talked about in another segment about adding on to it. But it's still the same thing. But it you're mm-hmm. moving the plank. You're adding, yeah, you're adding uh, motion to creating instability, yeah. which makes it harder. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that was good. And you might think that you need rotation for obliques. So people will think, okay, a Russian twist, I'm hitting my obliques. Well, yeah, you're, you're working your abs. But the reality is that moves like a squat or a deadlift are working your obliques just as much because you're having to stabilize the spine and keep it upright. So you might not feel it in the same way, but the truth of the matter is... Those kinds of moves force you to stabilize, and they actually work your obliques just as much, if not more so. Interesting, no? Well, isn't that, but but that's what, I think that's what I'll, what I find a lot of questions are is, for, I don't know, for all women, but our hardest, our hardest ab to hit is in our belly, right? Like, I can, th- these ones can Transverse stick out. Transverse abs? Yeah, like there's three, right? Isn't the transverse there... abs. Well, we gain a little bit of that, that little pooch, that little bit of belly fat on the transverse abs. You said pooch. What, pooch? It's a pooch. Yeah, the pooch. That part. The pooch? pooch? The poo? The pooch part. The poochie gets a little... But, but to, get, to, get the, to get the three, 
it's sometimes you want to try to isolate it. I think that's what a, a lot of the question is. I can't get that lower one. Well, that's a body fat conversation, though. You can, and you do have it. It's just that's to see fat. it. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. and that's that's diet. Gotcha. Then you get into cutting out alcohol, getting rid of all the processed carbohydrate, reducing your sodium, drinking lots of water, and that's how you get that definition. To really get that extra bit of definition in your abs, you got to cut the body fat out. Which is what you talked. Which is yeah. the first thing you talked about was the Diet's body fat. Key. Yeah, that's kind of a short one. Do you feel like I need to add something onto it? Well, we could take a breather and you could come back. Hmm. Why do you have anything you'd like to add to the abs? Well, it's not about abs. It's totally unrelated, but it is fitness-ish. All right. Small. It's like a bonus tip. Okay. There's, this is a this is a really quality segue. So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't think we've ever sounded so smooth in the. Billy and Michael show. I'm being transparent. Yeah, no, transparency this, this, is key. Yeah, this is very. This sp- segment was too short. We'd like for it to be longer. <laughs> I'll throw in this little tidbit on foam rolling. So we hit our time. Oh, really? Yeah. See. Oh, please. Do now this. you're happy. Yeah. Do this. You ready? Yeah, I want to know about. Okay. This. So, have you ever seen those foam rollers at the gym? Yes, I people have. People roll out their back. They roll out their quads. Well, here's what it's doing. Painful. It is painful. But I want you to think of it as though you're ironing out the wrinkles in your, like, literally rumpled musculature. It's kind of a weird way to say it, but foam rolling actually smooths out your muscles and it helps to break up adhesions and scar tissue. Yeah, that well, that's what I initially heard it was for, was to break up scar tissue, and that's why it's so painful. That is why it's so painful. Um, And here's the idea. You want to do it. It's actually best to do it. After your workout, mm. because what it does is it essentially helps the muscles return to their prop. They're like knotted up and it helps elongate them. It helps return them to their proper length, even though you can't lengthen a muscle, but they can get knotted. So you're again, yeah, stretching yeah, yeah. out those wrinkles, so to speak. Um, and the reason you can't lengthen the muscles, because think about it, it has the same origin and the same insertion. It goes into one part of your body and it attaches to another. Unless your bones are growing, you're growing taller, you're not lengthening muscles. But if you get a wrinkle in the muscle, you're essentially smoothing it out. So that's what you're really doing. And when you're working out hard, you can get little knots. That's what that is. Wrinkles and adhesions. Oh, I didn't know that. Is that making sense? Yeah, it does. Um, and it helps to prevent the buildup of scar tissue and it increases blood flow to the muscles, which is going to help reparation. After your butt kicking, huh? Wow. Yes. No, Makes I've, sense? Seen, I've seen, but I have. Tr- I've tried it on the on the on the on the quad the IT yeah, band. Side, well, the, it's not it's okay. People do it on their IT band. It doesn't help connective tissue as much, but it will help muscles. So the the key with IT band usually is usually there's an uh, an imbalance, like your hips have shifted. Mm. You, you usually need to correct it and stretch certain muscles and strengthen other muscles because what happens is you're you're get one you'll get one hip that's higher than another i get this all the time so one it band gets loaded up and you can foam roll but it's not really going to solve that problem foam rolling is really great for like sore muscles and scar tissue and uh again recovery and increasing blood flow so what you want to do is about five to ten minutes after your workout You want to foam roll, and if you hit a sore spot, you want to hold the roller there for about 15 (laughs) to 30 seconds. I know it hurts like a mofo, but that's actually, that's the way you do it. And um, it's it's kind of that simple. It's almost like rolfing, like, you know, that that deep. Deep tissue massage, you know, it hurts like a it hurts. Yeah. But it's it's great for that sort of and we never take the time to like stretch properly or No. We never do that downtime. But remember, you can go go go, but if you constantly go 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 and you don't do the rebuild, repair, recovery work, you're going to break yourself down. You're going to get hurt, you're going to get injured, your performance is going to decrease. You have to spend equal effort and time nurturing the body and this is part of it. Wonderful. Wonderful. We'll be right back. Right in front of me Color of her eyes Wear the color of insanity Crush beneath her wave Like a ship I could not reach the shore We're all just Okay, Janice Yes, ma'am What's on your mind? Oh Anything deep? For me? I'm just curious 
Um, well, I've put on a little bit of weight. My body's changing. and it's, it's What happened to I don't have cellulite? That's got nothing to do. And I still don't. Hmm. No, I just, my body, I, my, <laughs> my body's going through a little change. It's very, it's, but I'm accepting it, going with it. I don't really see that. Yeah, I have. I have. Well, if I do see it, I'm not going to love you anymore. So <laughs> I may need to get a new <laughs> producer. That's... If you aren't exactly, like, I mean, if you're like no longer presentable. That's right. Presentable. And just <clears throat> such a jerk. I'm just saying. No, but but it's weird. It's like you know when you get into your later years, like myself. Oh please! When you get you look the... exactly the same as you've always looked. No, but I but seriously, when sometimes that's ridiculous. Kind of, yes, I, I I was bending over in yoga, and and I looked and I had like little things and I went, oh my god, whose knees are those? And I went, <laughs> sweet Jesus, they're mine. I, really, I went. I, I, I honestly, I I just I had to take a double take. Oh Are you God. serious? Yeah. Oh my Cause God. Because I, I had pulled my legs up because it was really hot in there, and I just went, I was going down like this, and I just went, oh my God. That's it's silly. Just, no, it's not. It's just when you, you know how you recognize, you know how you look at your body and you know every part of your body, you know, you, you recognize it, you know, oh, that's yeah. mine. So if there was two arms and you were thinking, you go, oh, that's my arm, not somebody else's arm. Yeah. You know, you, we know our bodies. And I, and, I, and I looked at my knees and I went, oh my Lord, they have changed. Really? Yeah, they. I don't know. The skin changes. You look pretty good to me. Oh, <laughs> pretty good. Well, you do. I mean, I'm just saying. No, but it's just weird. It's a you weird presentable. thing. I'm presentable today, but no, well, I appreciate that very interesting. much. Interesting. I will say that I have noticed. I do notice the effects of age, but it's more about the way that I get injured and the way that I get sick. Oh. I mean, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Like, I used to n- never get injured. I mean, if you ever watched me, season one of Biggest Loser, there, it was like season two. I'll never forget this because my mother had an attack when she saw it. And I climbed up this crazy-ass mountain with no trails <laughs> with a group of gigantic boys because season two was men against women. I had the men. Bob had the women. And I had this one guy who was like 400 pounds, literally. Dr. Jeff, and um, he might have been like three-something at this point in the show, and we got into the top of this mountain, and there was this huge rock, and we were all trying to climb up it, and uh, they were trying to help Doc. His name was Doc. They were trying to help Doc get up on the rock, so some of the boys got on top of the rock, and I was on the bottom with Doc, right? So I put out my leg for him to step onto my knee, onto my thigh, and get up on the rock. And by the way, nothing happened to me. I was, my mother saw it and she was like, oh my God, I, your leg's going to snap in half. And I was like, what is wrong with her? I thought she was nuts. Now it's been, oh, I'm 38 now, not 31 anymore. And I jumped off my deck the other day to try to hoist this kayak up onto, you know, our, our deck and I don't know what happened, but it's somewhere between like the deck and the kayak. And the, I threw, I pulled a muscle in my back. And I mean, the rest of the day, it was like spasming. Like I would, it would hurt to breathe. And I was like, oh my God, like I'm hurt. Like, is this what happens when you hurt yourself? Like I'm, I'm hurt. <laughs> you know, it was the weirdest feeling. And, more and more those things have been happening to me where it's like, oh, my God, I'll have like a little – Bob had a Morton's neuroma on his foot. I've heard of that. Yeah, it's like a pinched nerve kind of a thing. Yeah. And um, I actually started to get it from the doctors because I was wearing heels all the time. And I started to get it and I'd get out of bed and it would like kill and like this, this spot between like my – these two toes – and so I went to a podiatrist. He's like, oh, you're getting a little bored. And I was like, oh, no, that's what Bob has. And it's like it's agonizing. So, of course, I changed my shoes and I've been managed to reverse it. But there was never any of that. There was no I get sick. I called my doctor. And um, so I got another. You know, I get sick every three months. Every three months I'm sick. Every three months. And I called my doctor because. Heidi's mom was at the house and she's a senior and she's like, why don't you get the pneumonia shot? And I was like, there's a pneumonia shot? No one told me. Oh, yeah. Well, I, so I call my doctor. I'm like, I need the pneumonia shot. I don't think they give it to you. Would you? She didn't want to give it to me. And she's like, why? And I was like, use every three months because I had honestly from loser, I would get so sick, but I'd have to work. And so one time I had walking pneumonia and you know how they have to run that marathon um, at, at they used to have to run that marathon at the end of the show. Mm-hmm. 
Well, we would have to run like the last mile with them. Or So I had walking pneumonia oh, and I'm running horrible. on PCH. I was sick for three months. And since then, I get like lung infections every three months. This is not good radio. What are we doing right now? <laughs> Anyway, like, and but I, I'm into it. But I notice, I notice though that it's like I, I notice it more like that. I notice it more about like my mortality and my health getting. You know, like I remember I had an ulcer like a year ago from stress. Like I used to have a cast iron stomach, man. Well, that, but but, but that's a good. That's the point, though. Yeah. It's like we we just we. It's not that we took our bodies for granted. It's just our <sighs> bodies, you know. I did to a certain extent. I really did. Yeah. Well, because you never you 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 just assumed your body was 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 fails. You know, yeah, nothing was going to happen. But I've you're strong, seen you know? people though. Here's the cool thing about this though, is that you can reverse it. Like I remember, I had to do a bone density scan for losing it, mm-hmm. and um and I was supposed to be like the picture of perfect health. And the doctor was like, "Do you know you have below average bone density in your hips?" I thought, how's this possible? I run, I work out, I ride horses, and it, part of it's genetic. But the art, other part of it is that I wasn't getting enough calcium because I wasn't eating a ton of dairy. It was in my vegan phase uh, when I attempted to be vegan. And I was drinking so much caffeine that it was also leaching calcium mm. from my bones. So, all right, great news. You know, I changed my diet. I stopped drinking coffee the way that I was, although I've gotten back on coffee because of the kids, but I stopped drinking coffee for years, hydrated more, did more lower body weights and more plyometrics and managed to bring it back up to normal. So I think like, although you may notice the effects of time, if you catch it and you're savvy about it and you're paying attention, you can preserve, you can fight it, I think. No, I think no, I I definitely think you can. Because I think you look good. I mean, well, you know, good enough. Good enough. Well, you see, my knee, my knees don't look like Janice anymore. There's some, there's some alien woman knees. Well, then my suggestion is don't wear shorts because if, <laughs> if you do, and I see them, I I'm may fi- I'm fine. may have to stop you being your to- friend because I do have standards. We might have to let you go, Janice. Yeah, I just, <laughs> you know. You know I have standards, I'm saying. But I don't know. And I think also, like, embrace it a little bit. Embrace that. We all have imperfections. And I look, I've always looked at my lower body and thought, how is that my lower body? Always. Really? Yes. Because my upper body, my upper body, I can get so lean and, like, I have a great upper body. My torso. Yes, by that cover a month ago on the magazine. I can get my upper body, like, so like lean but not not masculine and like I don't get like those big six pack muscles but I get like a flat stomach like my upper body I'm so lucky I can get the my lower body now I'll always have like the layer of fat on my legs the little layer of fat by my knees that's why those capri pants you can't see the texture of the legs oh I'm telling you dude I, please trust me that's where at my ass I've got this little like these dimples in the back of my ass. It's the truth. It really is. It always has been. It's where my body stores fat. I just can't get rid of it. And the thinner I get, it's like I get like super gaunt in the face and my boobs go away. But my legs still have fat on them. I give it up. It is what it is. You know, and, good and enough. I, it is. It good is enough. what it is. It is what it is. And don't think for a second that anybody you see on those magazines or whatever is perfect. They're not perfect. We're not, that's not perfect. That's hair, makeup, and lighting. That's what that is. I love it when they show the magazines, when they show when they uh, screwed up on the um, the airbrushing and the when they put the arm on backwards. <laughs> what? Like, oh, my God. It's so funny. <laughs> what are you talking they, about? You know when they enhance a picture and sometimes they'll put the arm on back. Like they'll say, look who screwed up. And they'll like these models and, and so they want the arm to look really skinny, but they'll have it on backwards. <laughs> talking about it's, it's in there it's out I've there i've never even seen that i'm gonna before. find it for you You're when we take a break nuts no they have the arm on backwards what the hell are you talking about like are you, you are on drugs no we know how they make the happy, arm on backwards you know how no. they, when they make the picture look better with someone's arm on backwards yeah, i've like, never well, seen it no well i'm gonna find it i'm gonna prove I it defy to you you to find all that. right i'll prove there's it. no editor-in-chief in their right mind that would let well, someone's body parts go on backwards. it slipped through the crack and her Bull. damn arm was on backwards you're lucky you, they didn't do that to your cover on the what? what was that it? does piss me off. Everybody thinks that they airbrush my abs. They don't. No, I don't see now. Your, I if didn't you, see if your... my ass suddenly looked like a buns of steel catalog, <laughs> yes, 
That'd be airbrushed. There you go. But uh, no, that is that's well. good lighting. All right, are we done? We're done. We're yes, we're done. We'll I forgot what we were even talking about. <laughs> Aging and getting sick. And- we'll come back. You know. You know. What we should Jeez. do. We should start to talk to people. That's All what right. We'll, do. we'll talk to people. Okay. Okay. Thank God. I'm done talking to you. <laughs> Uh, Sam is waiting to talk to you. Awesome. Sam, what's going on? Hi, Jillian. How are you? I'm good, buddy. How are you? I'm doing good. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm a little nervous to talk to you, I gotta be honest. Don't worry. We can't hurt you through the phone. She won't hurt you. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Through the phone, I won't. What's going on? Uh, Not much. I was calling in to, I guess, talk about what's going on with me lately in terms of, you know, life, and I'm I'm facing sort of a career shift right now. Okay. And uh, it's kind of like I don't know which way to go. I've got the logical choice. I've got a head versus heart problem. Okay. I mean, I guess it's not a problem, but uh, it's a decision, really. Tell me, so what's the situation? So I went to college to be an engineer. Okay. And I worked in that for a couple of years. Didn't really like it. And when, you know, the industry got hit a little bit and I got laid off, and it was actually a really, really great thing for me because it gave me the space to sort of, you know, look back and ask myself, well, what do I really want to do? Sure. And that was that was two years ago. Okay. And so the answer that I came up with at the time was, let me look into physical therapy. Awesome. Uh, because... <laughs> Yeah, I've always, you know, enjoyed sports. I've been doing martial arts since I was a kid, and it seems like a logical transition from studying one kind of structural mechanical system to another because, you know, the body is just another system of joints. And, oh, and my God, yeah, you have to take, like, physics when you when you become a PT, don't you? Yeah, yeah, totally. Okay, uh, go on. <laughs> okay, so that's been me, and that's been going along pretty slow because to, uh, to go to school... Uh, you have to take all these prerequisites, and the kind of science that I took in college is different from the PT stuff. I didn't really take a lot of bio, so I've been doing that, you know, pretty slowly, one class at a time, uh, part-time, and then doing volunteer hours to get to know the PT field, and also uh, I started working at my martial arts school. Awesome. And so, yeah, I've been doing that for, for a while, and the martial arts thing got to be so much fun that I asked for a, a, an actual job which is where I'm sitting right now. I'm actually working mostly full-time for my school, and it has me thinking, well, this feels a lot more right than the PT thing. Okay. And, you know, I'm, I'm learning how to teach kids and how to teach adults and also uh, learning some sort of computer programming and web development for them. Okay. And I, I, I feel like I'm tempted to go down this road that feels like playtime for me, whereas the physical therapy... You know, it's a much more stable job. It's uh, it's a path that is very much outlined step by step, and I know where I would be if I go down that road. Uh, whereas the martial arts thing and the the computer thing, I don't really know exactly where that leads and where that's going to put me five years from now. Well, you think, okay. Here's the interesting thing about this: the okay. more okay, someone once said this, and it's so true. The more stability you seek, the less stability you'll have. And and the oh, goddamn, I wish I could remember the exact exact quote, but uh, that's pretty much the gist of it. And the reality is that he, what he was saying is, the more you try to do the right thing, the more it's going to continue to fall apart and not fulfill you and not sustain you emotionally, psychologically, uh, and what will end? The more you follow your heart and follow your truth, the more stability you're going to have. 
And yeah, like I, I love how you always say that, to, to follow your truth. I, I think that holds very true. It's just a scary thing to do. It is a super scary thing to do. But, you know, you'll find it's like you could go into physical therapy and think, okay, you know, here I am. I'm, I'm into physical therapy and this is a set course of action. But my friend, she just graduated medical school. I can't remember. There's some crazy amount. It's like 800 kids or something. Or kids. 800 doctors in her graduating class and more than two-thirds of them weren't able to get a residency. Wow. So my point is not everything is, the, you know what I'm saying? Like you might think mm-hmm. it's stable, but it, it, it's just, life is just as unpredictable no matter which way you go. You're much better off following your heart and following your truth because I have found, and I can't back this up with any true science other than experience, <laughs> intuition, and right. desire, but I have found yeah. that when I do what I love and what I am meant to do, most of the time it works out the way that it's meant to. And life kind of conspires on my behalf and it opens up doors. When I fall on my face or when something falls apart and I can't understand it, I'm like, this just doesn't make sense to me. Like, why, why didn't this work out? I put everything I had into it. I was passionate about it. Usually at a later date. I'll come to learn that there was a different opportunity that was meant to be, and that was a stepping stone. Just like with PT, you know, you you started out doing that, but it kind of led you into this other area, right? Right, yeah, So, in essence, it did serve its purpose. Like, I spent three years getting out of training at 24. I was like, I I was a fitness trainer from 17 to 24, and at 24, I was like, I got to get a real job. I got to do the right thing. So I started working as a motion picture packaging agent in Hollywood, right? I hated it. But nevertheless, at 27, through a long series of events, I went and worked as a physical therapy aide. Um, And then we'd graduate those patients into into physical training, uh, uh, personal training clients. But I thought, what the hell did I waste all those years of my life at ICM for? And why didn't I stay in that field? And it was more money. It was more stable. Well, the reality is, looking back, had I not spent the time at ICM, I never would have ended up on Biggest Loser. So it it took me where I needed to be. It's very possible that this was a stepping stone for you to end up where you need to be. But all I can tell you is this, and I, I promise you, if you live this way, it will work itself out the way that it's meant to. But the more you live for stability, the less stability you're going to have. And the more you live for passion and for truth and for authenticity, the more stability you're going to have. You have to, (laughs) you've got to follow your heart, sweetie. You have to, I think I may have, I'll give you one last anecdote and I wish I could back it up again with some science, but I just, I can't other than to say, again, it's, it's my, personal observation and life philosophy and it's worked out for me so far i think i may have told the story but i you know so if i have please forgive me but there's a there's a woman at our little farmer's market who sells cake balls there are these little balls of cake literally and she calls her little you mean like like donut holes no kind of but it's cake Okay. And she calls her company Rachel's Piece of Cake, right? And she's got lemon cake balls and vanilla cake balls and chocolate peanut butter cake balls. Oh, my God. I, I'm not kidding. We go every Sunday just for the cake balls. And I eat, I eat one, sometimes two, a day. Okay? They're so good. And Heidi and I never miss a Sunday because of the cake balls. We haven't turned the kids onto the cake balls. No, you can't do that yet. Oh, hell no. But the cake, oh my God. So anyway, the story, so Heidi's become so attached to this woman that we now know her whole story, okay? (laughs) Rachel and her cake balls. I'm not kidding. So it turns out that Rachel was a real estate agent. And when the real estate market went bad, she was forced into finding other sources of income. And she loved to bake. And she's loved to bake her entire life. But she never thought, she's like, how am I going to, you know, how am I going to make a living as a baker? Like, that's not responsible. That's not a responsible job. And real estate seemed like the responsible job. And there was a time when the market was booming and it had just the same kind of clear path that your physical therapy path, right? It seemed obvious. Well, obviously the market fell out of that and she started making cake balls and she's got cake balls all over town. She's got them in like, I mean, they're in like all these special chocolate shops now and she's selling them online across the country 
And I mean, it's like she's even selling them to Starbucks at like at like various Starbucks in in Malibu. And I mean, and she's making a fortune and she's doing what she loves. So that's my piece of advice for you, buddy. Follow your truth. And it always finds its way of working out. That's all it. Right, that's great. All I, well, thank you. That's all I've got. That's all I've got. Follow your heart. I think it's amazing you went through engineering school already. I know. <laughs> like, that's a, that, that's, my nephew went through it. I mean, that was, that's hard, hard work. Like, I love, I love your story. I think it's an awesome <laughs> story that where you are now. It's, it's cool. I mean, I, I gotta say, I feel like I'm finally having fun with life now that I've given up what I actually went to school for, which right. you know, if, you ask my, if you ask my parents, they, they're still trying to understand. I'm sure they are. <laughs> <laughs> from a parental point of view, you put all this money into school, into this great career path, and then, you know, your kid comes back and says, hey, I want to play karate all day. <laughs> they're uh, a little at loss for words. Uh, I, I agree with Jillian. I think it's a, no. great, I think it's a great journey you've been on. That's, awesome. that's their problem, not yours. Yeah. <laughs> all right, honey. All right. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate uh, you guys calling me back. That's our pleasure. I can't wait to see how this unfolds for you. Keep us posted. All right. We'll do. Cool. Have a great day. Bye, Sam. All right. What? Well, don't do any sort of chuck wagon. No, I'm not. Some sort of shtick. No, I'm just something. Not. You know what I call my two-year-old now because of you? Sister Sue. Sister Sue. I'm going to kill you. <laughs> I'm like, get over here, Sister Sue. And she looks at me like, what the hell's the matter with you? I want to kill you. Janicisms are running rampant <laughs> through my household. I swear the two-year-old gives me the side eye. She's like this, Sister Sue. Sister Sue. What is wrong what, with you? What up, Ma? Yeah, like when she won't put her diaper on or like she won't get dressed or she won't let me wipe her face. I'm like, get over here, Sister Sue. <laughs> and then I'm like, damn it, Janice. Damn it. Damn. That's funny. So just try to just... With just a genuine, <laughs> authentic <sighs> goodbye. Just see it. Sorry. Without, okay. like, chuck wagons and right. pixie swaddle sticks and hickory slams and... All right. Okay, sisters. No. Oh, no. Okay. Lovely of you to all join us today. Bless you all. Okay, good. Bye. <laughs> oh, she had to wheeze. She had to wheeze. Had to go out with Louise. These walls are paper thin, and everyone hears every little sound. Everyone's a voyeurist, and watching me, watch them, watch me right now. They're shaking hands, they're shaking in their shoes. Oh Lord, don't shake me down. Everyone wants to. listening to comedy try watching it on the internet the folks behind the sideshow network have launched a new youtube channel called wait for it it's got interviews with comedians like reggie watts todd glass liza schleisinger slicing driving friends with her for 10 years one of the funniest people out there and i still have a hard time with the last name liza our very own owen benjamin that's me takes you on a musical journey down internet rabbit holes and much more you don't have to wait any longer. Just go to youtube.com slash waitforitcomedy. There's no need to wait for it anymore. Because it's here. And it's funny. And I love you.